Hey, business building warrior, this is Jim Cockrum. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We're going to do an interview today with another one of the incredible proven Amazon course success story students. If you weren't aware, that's what this podcast is about. 80, 85% of the time, it's an interview with one of the successful students that we've trained in our Amazon seller strategies. We've got hundreds of these episodes where people tell their story of going from in many cases, knowing nothing about e-commerce to jumping into incredible businesses that they build. It always takes a lot of work, blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice, but we've got a system, we've got a program that works extremely well if you're positioned well and you have the margin in your life to build a business. This is a beautiful model that has produced so many great success stories. And our guest today, Paul Soche, has been in our community for quite a while. I learned a lot about him today. This is a longer episode, so we went ahead and made it a two-part episode. And on today's part one, you're going to hear a lot of the story. Then on the following day after this episode is released tomorrow, you will hear the next part of his story because we've discovered that if we put an episode out and it's too long, sometimes people skip it like, ah, that's too much. So we just kind of split it in half. So enjoy part one of this conversation today with Paul. Now, what he's done is gone through uh, the basics of not really knowing much about e-commerce to stepping into some of the early business models and some connections in our community many years ago back in this is his story starts in 2016, I think he said. And here we are in summer of 2023. So it's a bit of ground to cover with his story. But once he finally got into building his business and using e-commerce, man, he built some special stuff. He had a very successful prep center in our community that's still operational, still doing well. Actually, we've got, if you don't know what a prep center is, you can go over to prepcenternetwork.com. These are warehouses basically run by different people in our community or in other communities that receive the inventory from Amazon sellers and get it prepped to send into Amazon. That's how international sellers, for example, people who live outside the United States can buy and sell inventory inside the United States without ever seeing or touching it. A lot of our students do the exact same thing. They buy their inventory, send it to a prep center. Well, Paul ran one of those. He was also very successful in selling on Amazon himself and some of the brands that he discovered along the way, he would reach out, contact them, build unique relationships, get into wholesale arrangements. And one of those companies actually went on to hire him, made an attractive offer he couldn't refuse. They bought his companies and then made him a very attractive offer to come work exclusively for them. They were so impressed with the Amazon skills that he'd learned just by being a member of this community, applying the proven Amazon course, the coaching lessons. Yes, he was a coaching student on our team. He's actually created some content with us over the years as well. He's had an incredible journey. And what I really enjoyed today of several things I enjoyed today, but uh, one of them was he's very transparent about the challenges that he's had, especially personal challenges. He had some struggles with alcohol. It about ended the whole thing. He about lost his family's kids, his business, everything. And this business and focusing on it in this community and some of the lessons he learned here helped him get turned around. And he shares that today. I also love that there's a very longitudinal feel to this thing. This is a long period of time. The the things that we teach around here, the, the concepts, the foundational strategies and the foundational belief systems that we have in this community have served him very well over a long period of time. And here he is in his mid-30s as he shares 
with financially doing extremely well, completely out of debt, making a lot of money, family and marriage heading in a good track, spiritually grounded with a bright future, and just the way entrepreneurship and business ties into that entire long-term story. You'll you'll see what I mean. We cover a lot of ground today, which again, that's why it was two parts, two-part episode. Hey, if you're new around here, one other thing I want to let you know about, we're still extending the free offer that you can grab a copy of my book that's been read by over a million people. It's been updated 11 times, including most recently here just a few weeks ago, and you can get it 100% free by texting the word free to this phone number. Write it down or rewind it and check this out later. We'll stick this link in the show notes as well with the phone number. If you're not smart where you can write it down, but that phone number is 507-800-0090. If you live in the US or Canada, you can text that number. You'll get a free copy digitally delivered to your phone instantly, and you can enjoy the multiple income stream strategy lessons from one of the best-selling books in all of e-commerce history, believe it or not. It's done really, really well over the years. We've got thousands and thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon, but right now we're just pushing it straight out for free to launch this book so you can get a feel for what this community is all about and all these great success stories, what they all have in common, the foundational elements of success that go into building a beautiful e-commerce business with multiple streams of income, which is what Paul talks about today as well in our interview. So check the show notes for some of the links that we mentioned today. We'll be referencing some websites and such. That'll all be near this video or audio if you're listening. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And like I said, as a reminder, this is part one of a two-part episode with Paul Soche. Enjoy. So Paul, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, man. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's going to be a fun conversation today. We chatted a little bit before we hit record. We're like, hey, man, we got to get this stuff recorded. So let's go. Right. I want to hear your story, get caught up. I know a fair bit about you. Most listeners probably know nothing about you. So, you know, let's get into it. Yeah. So start out with, with how I found uh, e-commerce. This was back in 2014, which doesn't sound that long ago, but it was almost a decade. Yeah. Uh, 10 years is coming up on it. Crazy. Yeah. So, you know, when I found e-commerce, I was working at a missionary training school in Florida. And uh, I was just transitioning out of that job. I used to be a farm manager at a simulated developing village in central Florida. And I was teaching people how to grow plants in developing countries and raise animals. And, and I was fresh out of college. So I, I worked that job for three to four years. And then I was transitioning out of that. And, uh, and I met this guy, Bob Farewell. And I was just looking for a job in the middle of, you know, as I'm transitioning, what, what to do. And Bob was like, hey, I need some help fulfilling orders for my business. And so come to find out, that was my first introduction to, to Jim Copper coaching and, and stuff. I had no idea what it was. So I was really skeptical. Yeah. But Bob was, Bob he was, was one of our students from way back. Yeah. It, and very successful. I don't remember what numbers he was running at, but a man I have a lot of trust and respect for as well. Good, really good I guy. Mean, he must have been doing okay at the time because there was five or six of us, you know, running around filling orders and, and doing yep. all sorts of things. And so, but he was buying and selling diabetic test strips on, on eBay at the time. And I know a lot's changed with that, that business model over the years, but at the time it was thriving and, and, and doing well. And so that was my first introduction into e-com, but also what it looks like to be home and, and kind of make your own schedule. Right. And, uh, and I really, really respected Bob. They homeschooled their families. They had a really neat um, business where they, they traveled to homeschool conventions throughout the year. And so my wife and I, this is pre-kids, 
really just like soaked up everything that we could from Bob and his wife. And so fast forward a little bit, we go to Louisiana, drop our stuff off. My wife and I go to Thailand for a few months and do some mission work there, come back home. And so we're like, now what? You know, we're, we're again in another transitionary period. And, and so I'm, I'm landscaping and I'm doing all this physical work and I enjoy it and, it, and it's great. I started my own landscape company. It's doing okay. And then uh, I talked to the guy that was the best man in, man in my wedding. His name's Joe. And he says, hey, I know you're always looking for different stuff to do. There's this thing called Amazon FBA. And then he says, and there's this community that Jim Cochran runs. And there's Jim Cochran coaching and all this stuff. And I was like, that's the second time in a few years I've heard this guy's name. I probably should check it out. And it's from two people that I really love and respect. Okay. And and knowing that in the world of e-commerce coaching and all this, you know, snake oil goes right there with it. And it's like, yeah. well, how can you really trust them and all that? And so I, I knew from two people that I trusted, I was like, okay, I can, I can trust this community. And then come to find out it's faith-based, and but not in a way where you have to believe, right? It's like, this is just the, the general yeah. nature of the community. And so that's why I found Jim, Jim Cockrum in, in your group and I was on the sidelines for a while. I think for the first year of doing Amazon FBA, I was doing retail arbitrage. I was just huffing it, figuring things out on my own. And I was making money, but it was the growth trajectory was slow. Like I was figuring things out, but it was pretty tough at that time. So this was 2015. I'll talk about the first product that I sold, which were these Star Wars glasses, these drinking glasses. I remember, I think I bought them from Marshalls or Target. And, uh, and I remember I sold them while I was asleep. I think I bought them for $10 and I sold them for 30. And I was like, I'm a millionaire. I just made money while I was asleep. Proof of concept. That, that's uh, right. That's an it, exciting moment for all of us, man. I remember those early days, you know, for me much earlier than yours, but just the idea of waking up in the morning and checking to see how much money you made was just unheard of. And, and just beautiful, uh, such a great feeling. I, w- I became hooked very quickly. For me, we're talking, you know, 1999, probably something like that. But just yeah. that, wow, using the internet to make money, sell stuff to strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I think the thing that really got me was the scalability of it. Yeah. You know, like I could huff out a bunch of work in, let's say, a three to four day period. And then I could monitor it and, and check sales and, and do other things. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, when I first got started, I was landscaping. And then on rainy days, that's what I did for work. I figured things out. And I found out, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm making more money doing, like buying stuff from retail stores than I am Yeah. Um, and then we got pregnant with our first kid. And so when that happened, that was like, okay, I would lo- how cool would it be if I could do a Bob and Tina have done and, and others have done where I can be home with my kids and be a part of, of raising them. And if I want the option to go to the park at, you know, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, I can, I don't have to punch a clock. I don't have to. So that was my why in the beginning, you know, and I had this, this base number of like, if I can just make this amount, then, you know, all bills are paid and I can be home. And what was crazy is, is how fast that happened. But it, it was accelerated because I bought the coaching from y'all. And this was back in probably 2016, 2017. So I was yeah. doing Amazon for a while. And then I, I said, you know what? Like, if I really want to make this thing something and really grow it and scale it, I think it would be a really wise investment to get a coach that's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, seen the pitfalls and help guide, guide me along. 
way. And it changed the trajectory of, of life for me. And so, you know, I, not just the, the coaching, but the people that I met, the amount of people that I could reach out to, any question that I had, I didn't have to go search it out on my own. I could just ping my coach or, or hit it on the next session. And so I started out doing retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and then I found the wholesale model. And that just fell right. I absolutely loved it. I personally love the wholesale model because of the relationship side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I love chatting with other business owners, figuring out what their problems are, uh, and all of that. And, and the way that I looked at wholesale, I looked at my suppliers as my customers. At the end of the day. So I would say, hey, supplier A, how can I serve you? What do you need help with? If you don't need help, like kudos, I'm glad you're doing well on Amazon, keep going. But if you do need help, and I know I can help you, like there, there was often this win-win scenario. And so that that's where where things really started to take off for me. Again, all this was learned from your community. And Teresa Rose was my coach. I don't know if she's still coaching. Absolutely, yeah. Still a value yeah. member of the team. She's got a thousand projects at any given time, but still yeah. creating content with us. And uh, yeah, talk to her frequently. So I think I'll I'll forever be indebted to Teresa for the knowledge and stuff that she gave me. And, and she was just sharing her experience, right? Like that's that was the, the beauty of it. So you know, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Something that happens, at least this was my experience, as I hit these goals and I was home with my kids and um, business is successful. And there was a lot of failures. I lost money all throughout this time. But, you know, I had these little failures here and there. And I would always say, I just need to win a little bit more than I than I lose, <laughs> you know, just keep keep going up. But with every time I lost, I always looked at that as I just paid for experience. I just paid for education and would reassess and, okay, what did I do? Let's not do that again. Keep going on. But as I found some success, I almost found myself like, I'm, I'm home, I'm raising the kids, I'm doing this thing that I dreamed of doing. But I found myself almost in this like, I'm not going to say a state of misery, but it was almost like this hopelessness. Of, like there's got to be to this. And the reason we started doing this podcast was to start talking about recovery. So I actually fell into a really dark spot where I was abusing alcohol. And, you know, because of the, the financial freedom that I had, well, I, I didn't know what to do with it. Like I wasn't equipped. And so I was just basically trying to drown out my thoughts. And so I would start drinking at noon and drink all day long. And meanwhile, I'm going to church and I'm doing all these things and just basically living this dual life. And, um, mm. and so I hit my bottom in 2021 there's a lot that happened between 2017 and 2020 but there was a long time frame where there was good times and bad times and good times and bad times and then towards the very end the drinking really got really bad and what's interesting about about alcoholism is that the alcohol is the solution to my problems and then it becomes the problem itself yeah. it's yeah. it's no longer the solution and so you know, for, for me, I just got to this point where it was, it wasn't good. Like I was like marriage was on the line. I've got two kids at home at this point. Mm-hmm. Life is really unhealthy. I'm going to therapy. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. What's wrong? I got daddy issues. I got all these things that are surfacing up. And it's like, because I found this financial freedom, now I got to deal with life. I got to deal with the real issues because I'm no longer really like the dollar is great, right? Like we all want that financial freedom, but then when we get it, what do we do with it? For me, it was this like, oh no moment of I got what I asked for and 
but is it really what I wanted? You know, like everything else up to that point was just this really big distraction to my real problems. And for me, the, the ultimate problem was I needed a relationship with a power greater than myself and I didn't have that. And mm-hmm. so getting into recovery introduced me to that. I call my higher power God. You know, like that's, that's where all that eventually ended up. So let me backtrack a little bit to where I'm, I'm running my Amazon business. In 2020, I opened up a prep center right when COVID hit. Right. And so I bought a 25,000 square foot warehouse. This is all like successes just keep going and going and going. So I buy this warehouse with a partner. Long story short, I end up just owning the warehouse and the business in the warehouse. And this prep center goes from zero to a hundred, just like immediately. I'm an Amazon seller. I know what Amazon sellers need. And then we just start servicing clients, you know, and just saying, hey, like, how can we help? Again, always with that service mindset of, of how can we help? And again, for me, it was like this beautiful time of success. And then also this like really hard time of being miserable. And yeah. What a contrast. Financial success, achieving what you thought were all these big life financial goals, but it wasn't fulfilling you. And the crutch you turned to to quiet that part of your soul <laughs> was slowly killing you <laughs> and, yeah yeah uh you know in, in territory familiar for those who maybe haven't heard many of our episodes you know that's very familiar territory for my family and we've spent you know my mom just had her 45 year clean and sober token through celebrate recovery which is like a, a christian version of alcoholics anonymous so I'm very familiar with that territory it's very close to home t- for me to hear these stories because I was raised in an alcoholic's home until I was about 10 or so. So I know the impact on, you know, I there's a very predictable pattern of the impact that your that your decisions had on your kids, on your wife. And thank God, man, I, I could tell their stories without hearing from them <laughs> because it, it, it has about the same impact on every family that it touches when it's, once it slips into abuse, which you don't get to choose when that happens. It's That switch flips and you're not the one that flipped it and suddenly you're a different dude. And so I'm familiar with that journey. And I appreciate your transparency is the point I'm trying to make is I, uh, I come from a place of, I can relate. I've seen that, been there, done that. Not, I wasn't playing your role, but the, the unhealthy effect, uh, you know, from every vantage point is, you know, it's a disease that impacts the entire family is a good, clean way to say what I'm trying to say. So I appreciate your transparency. Because, you know, this yeah. is a podcast about Amazon and e-commerce, yes, but it's also about the impact these things have on real-world relationships. And um, so, yeah, keep it rolling, ma'am. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, so you understanding the product of, of living with an alcoholic up to 10, I think, you know, I, I was the product of one as well, or am. I, my dad's alcoholic. His daddy was alcoholic. And, you know, my smart brain said, this won't happen to me. <laughs> of course not. You know, and man, it's, it is a disease. I'm glad you said that. Like it is the crazy part about alcoholism is that the disease wants me to forget that I have it. It'd be like if I had cancer and then I just woke up and was like, Oh, I don't actually have cancer. It's like, no, you, you do. Yeah. Like that's the disease. And they, they say it's cunning, baffling and powerful. Right. I'll never forget when. When I hit my bottom, I called my cousin who was in sobriety. He was he was about eight years sober at the time. And I told him what was going on. Like, life is about to get really hard for me. I'm about to lose my wife and kids. I'm about to lose all the possessions that I've worked hard for. I, like, I'm about to lose all of it. And um, and he said, Paul, it sounds to me like you're powerless over alcohol and your life is unmanageable. 
but the unmanageability <laughs> part really got me. Okay. That's step one. And the the unman when he said it, I said I said Mike, that's exactly what's going on right now. I've never heard it said that way at that time, but that's step one. And so at that moment, I was like, I am powerless over alcohol, and my life is unmanageable. But for the outsiders looking in, my life looked wonderful. Yeah, it high functioning, like beautifully. Yeah, yeah, this high function, and but but it was also this. The high function allowed me to continue on for so long. Right. The, it allowed you, you to know, fund your habit. And uh, yeah. it, it was all destined to come to an end at some point. Yeah. And and so when I got into the to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, this, this guy who's actually my sponsor today, he said, you haven't lost everything yet. And yet stands for you're eligible too. Mm-hmm. He said, Paul, you're, you're eligible at any given point to go pick that bottle up again and to lose everything. He said, you haven't lost it yet. And the only reason you haven't lost it yet is because you, you hit your bottom and you're working these steps and you're doing what's suggested. That was another thing for me getting into Amazon, like with working regular jobs. I never wanted to listen to anybody. I didn't like authority. I didn't like all these things. Yeah. Somebody tried to tell me what to do. I was like, no, it has to be my idea. And some of those traits serve us well as entrepreneurs. Right. You know, I've, I've got that in, in that streak in me as well. Like I, I can't remember ever having a job where I wasn't constantly just like, why are we doing it this way? Shouldn't we do it this way? Trying to improve. Like if I was running this place, it would be so much better. Like, <laughs> I'm one of those guys too, you know? Uh, so, you know, coming from a history of alcoholism, you know, I, that little switch that flipped for you, thank God it never flipped for me, you know? And, but I could very easily be, I, I could very easily have your yeah. story so yeah. easily, you know, yeah. coming from a long line of, of guys that when life got rough, that's well, kind of what they drifted towards. And I think what you're experiencing is your parents. This, this is what's interesting about the generational piece of it. Like when a generation stops it, it changes like four or five generations something. Yeah. You know, Amen. and and that's that's the like the it stops with me mentality. Yeah. It's like yeah, but I remember at a young the, age deciding this craziness stops here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But your parents meant, modeling that. You but know, I'm like, like you're, hey, you're, I'm not gonna be like that. Yeah. But but being raised in a home where your mom and dad modeled that out, you know, like what a gift. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that. And, and that's really where the, the thing about it is it's not like I can say, hey, for the next 30 years, I'm going to be in recovery. No, for the next 24 hours, I'm going to be in recovery. Yeah. Today, I'm going it's, to. It's yeah. One day at a time, mm-hmm. you know, but seeing the, the benefits of that and, you know, your kids and then grandkids and that like it, it just keeps going down the line of modeling this, this life of I have to depend on God. Otherwise, I can't. I can't do it. And that, for me, was the the crux of it. Because in, in recovery, it's one of these things of like, hey, we're going to help you get sober because the these drugs or this substance you were abusing it and you were drowning out your problems. It was your solution, and now it's your problem. Well, now we have a new solution, and and that solution is a relationship with God. And and for the alcoholic, for me, I was agnostic. <laughs> When I was raised in a in church, and then I ended up in a recovery agnostic, going this church thing doesn't work. And then they say, "Hey, does the answer to our to your problems is God?" And I go, "Oh no, not again, <laughs> not again." <laughs> and man, I can tell you right now, the chaos that I've produced in my life was not because of God; it was because of me. Mm-hmm. And the chaos goes away when I depend on God. Yeah, it's it's, it's and, equated to like a surrender, uh, you know. Yeah. That you come to appreciate what it means to like, okay, God, I knew you were there all along. I was trying to pretend you weren't. And yep. I'm just going to give in to this 
this incredible design and plan that you have for my life. And I'm going to, I'm going to, what do you got, man? I'm broke. I can't do this. Yeah. I, that right. friend that contacted you and said, hey, your life's unmanageable. It's become, you know, it's become out of control. You got to admit that that's the first step. If you think you can manage it, you're not ready yet. That's what I call it, like hidden bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's out of and, yeah. And the hidden bottom, you know, I love this other phrase said so the bottom's just where you want to stop digging. Like yeah. you can keep using this shovel and digging hole after hole after hole. Mm-hmm. Like for my dad, for him, it took losing everything. He lost his wife and kids. He lost, he squandered millions of dollars. Like I watched it in front of my face wow. happen. And, yeah. and I think that for me was the really scary part was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to just build these businesses. And like, who, who cares what kind of talent I have if I lose it all? Like if I go and squander it, mm-hmm. what is it really? And, and so, yeah, I mean, getting, getting sober changed, like getting your coaching, <laughs> running companies, learning a lot. And then in the middle of that, getting sober and, and then having a clear mind, man, things just went bananas. Like, and it wasn't because, oh, Paul's so smart. It's like, no, I can think clearly, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm not making these wild assumptions about people, or I'm not trying to chase a bunch of shiny objects. Like I'm focused. I know what I'm doing and I know where I'm going. Hey, we'll get back to the program in just a second, but I've got to tell you about the great sponsor today, Seller Board. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers. Spell it out. Silentgym.com slash N-U-M-B-E-R-S numbers. You're going to see a link to the tool that has become quickly the preferred tool in our community for helping you track your numbers, helping you know which of your ASINs are making a profit and which ones you should walk away from, at least temporarily, because you're not making any money. It can be fairly tricky to know and dial in all the Amazon fees and all the expenses. Well, that's what Sellerboard helps you do, among a whole bunch of other things. It's a great tool that's become a great sponsor of this community. We've helped send a lot of very happy users their way. They've got a great discount for you as well. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check out Sellerboard. You're going to love what these guys are up to. It just keeps getting better and better. And their starting prices are so ridiculously low. It becomes a bit of a no-brainer. Go check it out. That's Sellerboard at silentgym.com slash numbers. Let's get back to the show. Getting sober changed, like getting your coaching, <laughs> running companies, learning a lot. And then in the middle of that, getting sober and and then having a clear mind man things just went bananas like and it wasn't because oh paul's so smart it's like no i can think clearly yeah you know like i'm i'm not making these wild assumptions about people or i'm not trying to chase a bunch of shiny objects like i'm focused i know what i'm doing and i know where i'm going um so for example the prep center i started that prep center with the intention of never having to step foot in it i wanted to run it remotely so a very physical business. I wanted to run similar to Amazon. And so I ended up doing that. Like we use tools like Slack, Google Sheets, everything's in the cloud. I keep my pulse on it. I can talk to clients on the phone. And so today I step into that prep center maybe once every six to eight weeks, you know, just mm-hmm. touch base. Hey, how's it going? Like there's a manager running it. There's a team of 10 to 10 to 12, given the time of the year. So, but when I, when I built that, it was really frustrating. I got sober in the middle of that. And, you know, you talk about transparency, like I ended up sharing with a few of my, my higher up employees, like, hey, this is what I'm going through. I just want you to know, like, if I've done anything, caused any wreckage of the past, don't have to clean that up. And so, and then st- start moving forward. 
And so that that prep center just took off. So now I've got my Amazon sales business, I've got my prep center, and and I start talking to, and then we're getting into the acquisition piece here, start talking to this company and, and trying to work with them where we would become their exclusive seller. That's what we always aimed for was, we wanna work with brands and get exclusivity, sometimes on a handshake, sometimes with a document, depending on the company. And, and so by this point, we had a pretty good track record of like, hey, this is the work we've done. Like we've taken brands where they were really struggling. We paid for your uh, like their PPC. Like that was part of the deal. We would pay for PPC. We would clean up their listings for free in exchange for exclusivity. And so I'm working with wow. this with Not this even company. in exchange for a share of the sales, just for exclusivity. Yeah, we want the whole deal. Like That's if I'm going to do all this work for you. I, yeah, I don't want I don't want to blow past that too fast because I don't know that I've ever heard anyone pursue what you just suggested at scale. You find a great product, there's a lot of other sellers selling it. So you approach that brand and you say, Hey guys, here's the deal. Let me clean up your listings. Let me put it. Did you put the brand under their name? Or did yeah, so you the brands ever, were or did you just say, I want to be the only seller? And that's the deal. No, so the, the, the products were under their brand name. So if they had a brain registry, like under their account though, never, not under their, under your account. So you're the exclusive seller. Gotcha. Yes. So if the brand themselves were selling on Amazon, I would never go and target those guys. Right. Um, Because they already know what they're doing. They've got it taken care of. In some cases. Yeah. But most cases, that wasn't your sweet spot. Your sweet spot was there's 30 other sellers or whatever. This is a hot brand. Hey, I want an exclusive, right? That's what the word means. I want you to allow me to be the only seller. I'm going to clean things up, help you tighten it up. And so you continue to sell. So you're just getting your commissions from your Amazon sales. They're not paying you at all, but you've cleaned up their listings. And that is a great model. I love it. It does keep a lot of the control on their side of the fence, though, for them to do something different at some point, potentially. Did you ever get get burned? There There was early, early on, and this is where contracts I've, I've learned to, I used to hate legal stuff. Yeah. Like it always made me really nervous Yeah. today. I'm really comfortable with it because I've gotten familiar with it. So getting just a contract drawn up of like, Hey, like we're going to go do all this work. This is the expectation that we're going to grow sales, you know, at least a minimum of a year contract to like, let us do that. And then if they, here's the thing, if they're making money and we're making money, everyone's happy. Like, yeah. everybody's happy and so so that's the scenario i always try to create and and you know you talk about the scenario where there's 30 other sellers oftentimes it's like the wild, wild west right there's brand integrity gets lost yeah miserable photos like there there's all sorts of issues that go along with that yeah the product sells so so oftentimes i would prep the brands like hey look you're gonna probably see a dip in sales like internally from because you've got 30 resellers buying your product it's overstocked on amazon the price is being driven down your brick and mortar retailers are upset because it's lower than their price. So like yeah. what we would say is we're going to keep it higher than your MSRP, maybe 15, 20% higher. Your brick and mortar guys are going to be ecstatic exactly. because they are no longer like, Oh, Amazon's always, you know, right. And that's it. a lot of the pressure brands feel. And let me just dwell on that for just a second, Paul, because sometimes people are like, Oh, what advantage can I bring to this brand? You're, it's going to be music to their ears if you say, hey, I can make the noise go away from the brick and mortar channel where they're complaining about your Amazon pricing and you feel like you can't control it. If you yeah. had an exclusive seller, you could control it. I'd be the only one selling it and I'd right. be helping you fight off the other sellers who are driving the price into the basement. You're making more money. 
I'm getting paid for my services. Your brick and mortar channels stop complaining about the unfair pricing practices of your brand, right? Because that is a very loud voice. And, and I is. say all the time, if you go to trade shows and you talk to brands and you say, hey, how do you feel about Amazon? 95% of them are going to drop their head and just like, oh my gosh, we don't know what to do with this thing, man. We got to feed this monster, but oh, what a pain in the butt. And you can start to solve those problems. I mean, this is a massive business opportunity that's right under the nose of any of us who have any degree of experience at all. And you just kind of wandered into this. I mean, this isn't like you set out one day and like, I'm going to rule the world by going deep into this. It's like these brands just started making sense to have these conversations. Absolutely. Very organic. And, and, and there's a lot of pivots you can do too. I mean, one of the things that I would do is, you know, hey, if you don't want to sell directly to me, I would even give them the option. If you want to sell it yourself, I'll come in and consult. I'm going to charge you a really nice amount for that's me to teach your team how to do it yeah that's the model we yeah. typically teach and then we i'd get a percentage of all the sales that result is how we teach that's the proven product partnering it's one of the modules inside the proven amazon course did you ever go through that by any chance it sounds like you were kind I, of I doing did. it before it was a thing no so i i remember going through that module and going this makes a, a lot of sense i think where i fell short is i didn't put a high enough dollar amount on my value like I didn't realize how valuable it really was to these right. brands. Yeah. And uh and that was just uh I guess more of a philosophical I- issue of like what am I actually worth here? You know, if like if I run out the numbers and I say I'm gonna make these guys a hundred grand in a year, like minimum ten percent, twenty percent like whatever that amount is, you know, like yeah. that that I'm comfortable making, you know. And so but that model, I think I've taken that and then my experience with the wholesale kind of morphed it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because you're doing some things that were fairly unique there, but no reason you can't pivot in that direction. You know, be the exclusive seller. Yeah, yeah. So, and this comes from you know everything that you talk about, which is multiple streams of income. And so, you know, Amazon sales, Amazon service, like the prep center side, and then consulting. You know, like being able to hit all of those, and that allows me to keep the conversation going in a lot of different ways. You know, hey, I, I can teach y'all how to sell on Amazon. I can do it for you. Uh, we can prep it for you. I can come in to your warehouse and, and help your, you know, your guys understand. Because one of the things I've learned, manufacturers want to manufacture. They don't have the abilities or capabilities to go and do all this on their own. That's why it's such a pain in the butt for them because the product comes off the line and they want to ship pallets. Right. They want to ship from cases. They don't want to deal with all the nitpick stuff that Amazon. That's why Amazon's so much of a problem to them because it's direct to consumer. Like it's all these other issues going on. Unless they've got a vendor central account and they're selling, even then it's still a pain. <laughs> like there's, of course, you know, yeah. So there's so many so that's problems where, that you can solve with a bit of Amazon experience, and it's not. And that trend isn't going to drift in the other direction anytime soon. You know, e-commerce is drifting bigger. Amazon's drifting bigger. And if it's not Amazon, it'll be something else. But understanding how to get the physical products to the end customer using e-commerce is, I would argue, one of the most valuable skill sets that you could be going after. You don't need a college degree. You need to sell a few things online. You need to learn the Amazon business. And that opens up doors of opportunity to you. You know, if, if you can navigate Amazon, you can navigate Shopify and eBay and all these other things like get into Amazon. I think I 
you better have a really good excuse as a young person not to be learning some e-commerce skills, selling physical products or digital goods, just because you're writing your own ticket. The world is opening up. Uh, I think we're in the infancy still. That's where I'm at with all this, Paul. We're in the infancy. Oh, yeah. I've been doing this 20 it's... years, and I'm like I'm like a baby who just learned to walk as far as the, the land of opportunity. Would you agree with absolutely. that? Absolutely. And, as you know, each, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's not, you know, like, so I'm in the, I'm in the grocery world now working, working with grocery brands. I'll talk about this in a minute, but you know, Amazon compared to Walmart is still really tiny in terms of total sales right. for these companies. Now online you know, they dominate, I mean, but total sales, they're, they're minuscule. Right, right. Total sales. And so, and, and that's where the shift is happening. I think that's where a lot of brands are at right now is they're like, Amazon's big, but not big enough for them. Like it's not total, like in, in their whole portfolio of customers. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's this, it's kind of like this pesky mosquito, you know, like when you're sleeping and the mosquitoes buzzing in your ear and you're like, ah, just go and it, and it keeps coming back. Like it's, it's not going to go away. And so we can come in with these experiences that we've had of retail arbitrage and, or, or just making, um, making a bundle on Amazon and understanding PPC keywords, title search. Like some simple tools that they would go out and pay Microsoft, you know, a hundred grand a year for these tools when you've got it for thirty nine ninety nine a month. You right. know? <laughs> yeah, come learn the basic like, skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost but, like okay, I, I could do you a favor. We'll charge ten thousand dollars for our content. Now, do you believe that it's because it's worth that? Now, do you yeah. believe that it's worth it because it is? But we just charge happen to only be charging a few dollars for this skill set. Yeah, I love that mosquito analogy. Actually, I'm probably going to use that a little bit because, you know, e-commerce is still only 16, 18% of all retail, right? That's the latest numbers I've heard. That's US government data. It's like, why even worry about that? You know, 85% of retail is still in the stores, brick and mortar. Like, who cares? Well, no, let's play that out five years, 10 years. <laughs> that number is going to probably double by then. You look at, look at uh, Instacart. I mean, they have gone bananas. Yep. You know, they haven't even IPO'd yet. And they're massive. But what they're doing, what Instacart's doing is they're giving the consumer the option of where to shop. Right. And and it comes to their door. And so every retailer that's large, Target, Walmart, whatever, Kroger, and every manufacturer cannot ignore Instacart. And if you do, you're left in the dust. Mm -hmm. So if you think that, you know, like maybe there's a few handful of brands that have enough brand equity out there that they don't have to worry about it. But for most brands, it's like get on the bandwagon or expect to be dumped in five years, you know, and that's Amazon. That's Instacart. Walmart.com is making some serious pushes right now. Um, they've dumped in a ton of money. That's it's up and coming. And so, yeah, it, it's not going away. I wanted to jump back to something you said about having a college degree. This is really funny to me because I was expelled from high school and yeah, good for and you. I, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, uh, I remember uh, this was my early entrepreneur years. Thank God they were channeled in a, in, in a good way later in life. But I was uh, breaking in and stealing test answers and I was selling the answers to other students and I got busted. Wow, um, getting dude. getting caught was one of the best things that ever happened because of it course, was like, oh, yeah. no. like <laughs> this was I was a, a you know troubled teen that that needed some guidance. Yeah. Um, and so I went on to college. And, uh, and I got a general studies degree just to get out, like, just let me get out of college. I really had no desire for it at the time. I was 
learning the small business and horticulture and different things. And so with Amazon, people ask me, like, oh, did you go to school for that? No, man, I'm just, I, I just so tenacious that I'm going to go and learn whatever I have to. And I found out that for me, I used to always think that I didn't like learning things like English, math, and all this stuff. Right. But when it came to something I really wanted to learn, like Amazon, and I could see results really quickly, and I could, man, I was just like eat, sleep, and drink this stuff all the time. I remember being up, you know, I'm I'm a night owl, so it'd be two, three o'clock in the morning, and I'm sourcing from a wholesale list, you know. So, so yeah, I just I wanted to jump back to that. So anybody that's listening, that's a younger person that feels like, oh, I can't do this; it's too hard, whatever. Man, just just get after it. And well, you talked the about knowledge is there. Heroes. You know, Bob Farewell, homeschool. You know, we homeschooled our five. The experiment was a success for our family. Like we jumped in e-commerce from home under the same roof, homeschooling our kids. I mean, they they played sports. They've got a great friend network. They're all outgoing, launching successful businesses. The experiment was a huge success. And our simple philosophy was we want them to have a love of learning. There's a few basics you're going to have to learn. We're going to instill some biblical timeless values into these kids and you know they're going to be raised understanding what our value system is and then we're going to expose them to all kinds of ideas and they haven't lost out on anything by having that experience and they have a love of learning to, to the point where you know, like one of our kids he's like i think i want to build a computer i'm like all right raise the money watch the youtube videos buy some books build a computer do it. <laughs> and that was his three-month, four-month project. And he built it and it worked. And he launched his YouTube channel, right? I mean, it's just, you know, let the kid take on the stuff that they're built for, that interests them, that they love while having them do some reading. And that that is a well-educated kid that's ready to tackle the world. Completely agree. And so you get some of these basic skill sets of entrepreneurship, kind of feed that in. And uh, suddenly you've got somebody who can go yeah. anywhere. Just do let's say especially this skill set this e-commerce skill set man i i don't care like ah, i'm not into e-commerce you, you learn it anyway this is like the this is the language the world's slowly going to be speaking more and more and more uh this is a skill set everyone needs to have at least a little bit of and it's just not hard to do either uh, to be where you become and i think you're a poster child for this paul of these basic skills it's like you're not you're not sitting at the front of the class on any of these things you just discussed really you you know as far as like you know, the most accomplished but the opportunities have been there. You've pursued them. You've talked, had a few conversations, and now you're you're doing really, really well. I haven't really gotten into the numbers, but uh, just because you had a few basic skills and had a few conversations, it's taken you beautiful places and no traditional education needed. And that's there for whoever right. wants to pursue it, from my vantage point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so what we're doing with our kids today is, you know, same thing, homeschooling them, opportunities, lots of reading. My seven-year-old, she's um, she's into making these potholders now. Some mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, hey, do you you know, like I think she she wanted to make some money to to, to buy something. So I said, well, look, you know, I'm not going to give you the money. Like, I'm going to show you how to make some money. And so she makes these potholders. Her mom puts them on Facebook, sells like a couple hundred dollars with these potholders, and she's like, oh my goodness, you know, yeah. like I did this thing. And uh, yeah. and what was cool is she gets all this money. She's like, I just made, let's call it $200. And, uh, and I said, well, no, you didn't make $200. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what a profit loss statement is. And she was like, what? His <laughs> seven-year-old brain's like, P&L. You know? And so I said, you know, your grandma bought the loops and you got the loom and your sister helped. So you got to pay her $3 and your, you know, whatever else. And, you know, like that, she's seven. She's just yeah. a kid. 
And then you like talk about taxes students. and you slide yeah. 70% of the money off the table, <laughs> right? When she thinks you're done, right? <laughs> That's right. That dad tax. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, man, these, again, this is just another gift that's been a product of doing this and living this lifestyle, you know? And for me, it, it's a gift of sobriety. It's a gift of this coaching. And I strive to keep that perspective. And, and I notice that when things kind of get off the rails a little bit, it's not because anything around me is you know, maybe changed. It's my perspective has changed. And so for me today, it's how do I keep that perspective? Hey, sorry to cut off the show right there. Such a great story. And I'm so proud of Paul and his journey. It was a thrill hanging out with him and, and getting caught up with him and hearing the updates on this great story. But we're going to have part two for you tomorrow. Something that really stands out to me in the second part of this interview is just how valuable those basic e-commerce skills are. If you know how to sell on Amazon and you're confident navigating the world of Amazon, that is an incredibly valuable skill set that can open up so many doors. And the second half of Paul's story really illustrates that. So the next podcast episode after this one will be the rest of Paul's story. So we'll have that for you as soon as possible. Check back in with us next episode. We'll talk to you then. Hey, one last thing before I let you go today. A little reminder, today's sponsor was Sellerboard. They are a tremendous partner of this community. They've been supporting hundreds of users who listen to this show, who are thrilled with the service they're providing from a simple tool that helps you know if you're profitable or not in your Amazon business, which of your ASINs are winning, making you money, which ones are losing, costing you some money that need to be cut out. It would be so helpful to know, wouldn't it? Well, that's what Sellerboard does. It's very simple to set up, low costs to get started. They've got a special offer for our community and you can check it out at silentgym.com slash numbers. Go check them out. Thanks, Sellerboard. Hey, we'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.